Well, looky at you. You're back. Oh, wait, I'm the one that's back. Thank you very much for uh, checking us out here on How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price. We're back in action. It is 2022, a brand new season of the show. And on this episode, we're talking about the five common mistakes of novice sellers. This is How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price, a podcast specifically designed to get you the highest price for your home. A step-by-step guide to making all the right moves as you move and avoid all the pitfalls that can cost you tens of thousands. Here's the host of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price, global real estate advisor, Dave Johnson. It is a pleasure to be back in the old broadcast booth and say hello once again to you. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast, How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price. Tell a friend, won't you, please? We've been around since, geez, uh, I'm looking back at my stats here, since uh, June of 2020 is when this uh, bad boy launched. And we haven't had a podcast since last May. May of 2021 was the last one I recorded. It has been a busy year. I've had a lot going on. I've got, um, and unfortunately, the podcast just kind of got away from me. But again, to give you a little bit of background, I'm Dave Johnson. I live in Reno, Nevada. I used to live in Kansas City. Uh, Still have many family and friends there, but I've lived in uh, Reno now for, geez, I think we're going on uh, 10 years or so. Love it here, just gorgeous, mountainous, snowy, and we got Tahoe right around the corner. It's just a a great part of the country for sure. But anyway, uh, it's a pleasure to be back doing uh, another uh, podcast episode and uh, give advice when it comes to selling a home. Because the biggest thing, the biggest reason I started this podcast is you always hear about first-time buyers. Oh, let's do a first-time buyer seminar, or, oh, I'm an agent, and I specialize in first-time buyers. I just love first-time buyers. It's such a, and trust me, I love first-time buyers. No, nothing wrong with them. I actually, that's probably the favorite part of my job. Sorry about the old dinger there, but uh, the wife is saying hi on text there. Uh, But um, I love first-time buyers, because there's nothing more gratifying as a realtor than to get first-time buyers into a home. It's the most exciting part of the job. It's they're so appreciative. Uh, it's much better than dealing with you know grizzled investors who you know it's a very impersonal world to them. They're great too, but it's it's much better dealing with uh, first time buyers just uh, as a from a rewarding experience. But that's why I started the podcast because everything is geared to first time buyers. But what about maybe you know you bought a house. 10 years ago, but never in in your life have you sold one. There is a lot to know about the selling process of a house, and that's how How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price was born. So there you go. A little history for you. But uh, thank you again for tuning in. It is uh, March of 2022, uh, and I'm going to try to be much more consistent about podcasts this year to give you new and fresh material. It's just been a struggle with a two and a four-year-old and a wife and a busy career and overall craziness. But at least I don't have to wear a mask to do the podcast anymore. (laughs) Now COVID seems like it's... uh, seeming to be a distant memory but I did just have a co-worker at uh, my office uh, him and his spouse now have COVID I mean and we're talking like 
it seems like it's not even a thing now, but it's still a thing, so don't forget, but, you know, just be careful. But it seems as though it's like more the seasonal flu type thing now, so hopefully the uh, Omicron variant has... So many people got it during that phase that uh, seems like it became, you know, the common cold or the flu, the seasonal flu situation. So anyway, enough about COVID. Let's talk about the five common mistakes of novice sellers because there are many mistakes that home sellers can make. But man, you want to talk about some big ones, especially novice sellers, first time sellers, uh, they, they can make a lot of these. So We're going to start with uh, these five, and we may do another podcast about uh, some other mistakes that uh, novice sellers often make, but let's concentrate on these five for this go-around. Number one on the list, picking the cheapest agent. Now, I understand home sellers want to save money, and commissions are a huge expense in the selling of a home. I 100% agree with that, but when it comes to the cheapest agent, you're going to get that saying, you get what you pay for, and it is so true. I've had it happen recently where uh, me and a coworker went to a listing appointment, gave them all of this information, gave them a very aggressive price that we think was reasonable as well, but we gave them a great price to get their home sold. And they contact, contacted us about a week later and said, yeah, uh, we're going to go with a, an agent who charges 4%. And I'm like, okay, great. Uh, that's not close to what, what I charge, uh, but good luck. And to be honest, I charge much more than that. So that did not work out. But what you're going to find with that is you're going to find a, an agent who puts your home on the market. They'll put it on MLS. They'll take some pictures with their cell phone, and then they'll go home and pray. Even if they're not a religious person, that's about the process right there. Get her live, take some photos with your iPhone, and then pray. And that's not going to get the highest price for your home. Trust me. What's going to get the highest price for your home is a skilled negotiator, which most of the time a seasoned realtor will provide that service just from years on the job and understanding what their job is. Uh, and you're going to end you're going to end up netting a far greater amount of money than the money you're saving on that commission reduction that you're taking with the MLS agent who's praying, basically. So be careful who you pick. I mean, there. I have a, a podcast episode. Matter of fact, let me go to my menu here. Uh, selecting the uh, the best agent. Let me see. Where is that? I don't see it, but I'll find it. But uh, it is so important to pick the right agent. And I go through the entire list of how to, oh, there it is, episode two. Oh, it's that far back. Simple steps to find a pro real estate agent. Go listen to that episode because it is filled with information about finding a pro and how to detect somebody that's maybe doing real estate part-time, which you don't want. You want somebody there that's going to be able to show your home whenever a showing is uh, requested. You want to have somebody representing you throughout the entire process, not when they're not working at the grocery store or wherever they may be. 
So picking the cheapest agent is a very, very dangerous uh, thing, and that's why I put it at number one. It's the most important. I'm not saying you have to pick the most expensive at all, but it's important to realize just because you're going with the lowest percentage commission rate when it comes to the real estate agent, that does not mean the highest net. As a matter of fact, I would argue it rarely means the highest net. You're going to net more from the professional who takes professional photography, who is a skilled negotiator, who has a process that can get your home sold for the highest price. It makes a huge difference. And you can end up netting tens of thousands more by paying more in that commission. I hope that doesn't, I'm not trying to sell anybody because I'm not trying to be your realtor. I'm just giving the honest facts about the industry. So it's important to shop around for that agent and don't go cheap. That's my point. Don't go cheap because you will get cheap. It comes across in the showings. It comes across in the information. And nowadays, especially because of COVID and going through that, listings have to shine online with videos, with tours, with you know floor plans, all of the tools and assets that you're not going to get when you hire the cheapest agent. It's just a fact. So please, don't pick the cheapest agent. It will end up costing you big time in the end. Number two on the list of common mistakes of novice sellers... I kind of hit on this a second ago, but it is declining showings. Oh boy, I th- I did a podcast about this too because I remember t- I remember talking about my clients who they- I I sold their house in the middle of COVID. It was uh, I believe late 2020, I think, and they were notorious for declining showings. I probably declined showings for them. I would guess more than 50% of the showings, they were like, oh, no, we can't. No, sorry. Uh, That's not going to get your home sold. And it showed. I mean, their home, it took forever for them to get sold. Now, I will say they had a special circumstance, and that's about the only reason you want to ever decline a showing is if you have a special circumstance. And we were in the middle of COVID. There were a lot of questions. And they had an immunocompromised child. Okay, understandable. Get it. Totally behind that. It was frustrating from my perspective. And it was frustrating for them too because they wanted to sell the house, but they didn't want people in it. And that's just not, those numbers don't add up, basically. So they were getting frustrated with me because we weren't getting it sold. But we can't get it sold if we don't have showings. So it's just a reality of the business. So never decline showings. As a matter of fact, I just saw episode 11, the biggest no-no when selling your home. Oh, I just gave it away, but that's it. Declining showings. And the reason that episode happened in uh, September of 2020 is because of that client. That's why I did that podcast, because you don't want to be that person because it takes, you know, butts and seats, basically. It, to be honest, you if you want to sell your house for the highest price, you need to get as many people in there so you can find buyers who want to compete with each other to upbid the price of your house. It's that simple. So never decline showings. I understand showing your house is a miserable process. You got people in and out all the time. It's terrible to keep it clean. I get it. Totally understand, but realize that that's these days homes sell pretty darn fast. 
So don't worry about that. Just suck it up and, you know, go for it and deal with it because it is the reality. You got to show your house. And and one way one thing I'm going to go back to number 1, which is that, you know, don't pick the cheapest agent. The only way to get around that potentially and and partially, I should say, is to hire a pro who's going to do the video, who's going to do the floor plan and maybe a Matterport tour, whatever. But those resources online can often make it feel like you have seen the home in person. So declining showings in that instance is if you've hired a pro, it's never good, but you can kind of get away with it. So that's why number one is so important. Hire a pro. Number two, don't decline showings. For more information on that, again, go to episode 11 of this podcast and listen to that whole show because it's all about declining showings. Number three on the common mistakes of novice sellers, taking the highest offer. That's good. That sounds so strange, I know, but it is so true. So many sellers are often tempted you know, let's say they have an offer for their house that's listed for three fifty. They have three offers in. One's for three thirty. One's for three forty, and one for is for three sixty. They they naturally they they're like, well, let's go with the three sixty. Well, that sounds good on paper, but you have to get into all of the terms and make sure that that's actually the best offer because the highest offer is not always the best offer. It's a very different thing. And if that sounds weird and uh, incorrect to you, then you don't know what you're doing. And I don't mean to insult you, but it's the truth. In other words, if you think, well, 360 has got to be the, the best offer because it's the highest offer. No, not at all. Yeah, that's where if you don't hire a professional, uh, a bad agent can get snowed by that number and say, oh, let's go with 360. We're good to go. Let's party. Uh, look at the terms. Look at the closing date. Is that what the what you want as a seller? Uh, is there a rent back? Uh, are they doing inspections? Is there an appraisal? Is it all cash? What type of loan is it? There are so many factors to consider that uh, that can that make up that best offer. And again, highest is not always best. And also, by the way, if you take, let's say, you have an offer for three sixty, the house is worth about three fifty. In this example, if you take that offer that is the highest number but doesn't have the best terms, well, those often can fall out of contract. And then you could end up with a stale house. And a stale listing is basically that home that's been on the market an unusually long time for whatever market you're in, which right now is like two weeks. Anything longer than two weeks, it's like, okay, what's wrong with this house? And if you end up being that listing, it's hard to sell your house. It can be very difficult. And people think, okay, this house has been on the market for 71 days. Okay, something must be wrong with it. Let's go to the next one. Let's go look at uh, Birch Street or whatever. So don't be that house. Don't necessarily take the highest offer. And you have to have a skilled agent. Again, back to number one, Don't picking the not uh, picking the cheapest agent. But you have to have a skilled, professional, full-time agent that is reviewing those offers with you to explain why that highest offer may not be the best offer, okay? Number four, kind of related to number three, but don't have a pie-in-the-sky price. Again, that's one of the big ones for uh, novice sellers, especially in this crazy market where there's uh, listings are hard to come by. 
And and trust me, uh, people are profiting off of that, and that's great. I have no problem with that. But if you're asking, you know, thirty percent more than your home is worth, it's not a good look. And that's a great way to end up again with that stale listing. People look back and they're like, "Why has this house been on the market for ninety days? It seems like it's cool." Well, they were just overpriced for sixty of those days, and now they're the stale one on the on the street. So. Don't have that pie-in-the-sky price that is going to be, so, and trust me, sellers are the worst when it comes to having a realistic idea of how much their house should sell for. And I don't mean that in a rude way, I hope, but more of a, they live there. It's personal to them. But if you get that professional realtor in there, they can explain why your house is worth this amount of money and show you the numbers based on, the house down the street that sold two months ago and the house across the street that sold a month ago and those factors that will help you avoid setting that pie-in-the-sky price because that can actually backfire. You're way better off, and this is another podcast, I'm sure. I don't remember which one, but uh, about pricing. Oh, uh, Episode one, there you go. Selecting the right price for your home. I do do think I talked about the fact that if you're going to make an error on on pricing your home, make it on the go low. Go on the low side instead of the high side because the low... Okay, again, let's say, let's say we have a house worth $400,000 and so, you know, a seller meets with me and they want to list for four hundred thirty because the, their house is special and the market's crazy. I'm like, well, that's not advisable because you could end up being the, you know, the stale banana, the rotten banana on your street, and you don't want to be that. And you may end up getting less in the long run because you overpriced to start. Let's go at three eighty five instead. Let's underprice. Let's go under the market because the buyers in the market are so aggressive right now and you know often will be where they're going to up the price of your home just in, through the nature of competition. So you can create a bidding war by going low, whereas you can turn off pretty much all buyers if you're going high. Hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, call or email me. I'd be happy to explain, but it's a, it's a true thing and... Uh, again, I'm independent. I'm just trying to help you. I'm not trying to list your home for less than it's worth and, and have you walk away with less. But that's just a starting point of the conversation when it, when with buyers. So it's important to go low instead of shooting for that pie-in-the-sky price. It can backfire when you do that. The fifth common mistake of novice sellers, FISBO. Uh, that is That stands for for sale by owner. I, I really, in this day and age, I shouldn't have to talk you out of uh, selling your house on your own. Um, it's You can get sued. I mean, as an agent, I have to worry about lawsuits and making sure I'm doing the right thing all the time uh, by far. In other words, err on the side of super caution because I don't want to be sued and I want to make sure I'm doing the best for my clients. Uh, but man, you can run into so many mistakes listing your house by yourself you you can get sued so many ways the paperwork is a nightmare because you don't know what you're doing it's not the best use of your time the only reason i would ever suggest a fisbo there's one instance where i could say oh yeah that makes sense a former realtor great sell your house you know what you're doing 
Even if even if the forms maybe change, maybe you retired ten years ago, the the form changed, but the process hasn't, and you will be able to make your way through that. And and just, by the way, speaking of the forms, if you do for uh, a for sale by owner, I'm not even allowed to give you my forms to to sign and to to fill out, and I can get in trouble for that from my MLS because they created those forms. Does that make sense? So. There is, it's a very difficult procedure and it's not recommended. And you also have to police the weirdos that are coming to your house and knocking on your door unannounced at dinner time. Like, Hey, saw your sign in the front yard. I'd like to like take a look right now. Like what? Uh, this should be scheduled. Oh, you don't have an agent. Well, that's why. That's why. And also you're going to just have, uh, you know, limited exposure. Uh, if you don't have an agent on your side, you're not going to be syndicated across all the MLSs and all the Zillows and the Realtor.coms and Trulia and 8,000 other sites. Is Trulia? I think Trulia is. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you're going to have... And and by the way, with limited exposure comes a much lower price, which was goes back to my first point about hiring that cheap agent who does no marketing and just puts it on the MLS. That's going to net you a lower price because... They're not out there marketing it, and it's not going across all of the websites, and they're not doing the professional photography and the professional flyers and making your home a showcase. So don't do the Visbo. Don't do for sale by owner. It's you're setting yourself not only you're setting yourself up for disaster and a potential lawsuit. It's just a lot of work that you don't need to be doing. And again, if you hire a pro who knows what they're doing. Yes, they're going to charge you a a large sum of money. Uh, selling your house is not cheap. I'm not I'm not trying to skirt that in any way, but they're going to make up the difference by getting you the most possible in the market that you would never have been able to get on your own as a for sale by owner. So hopefully that uh, resonates. Let's just say that resonates. I got to uh, wrap up this episode because it is uh, our son's first t-ball practice today. The little tyke uh, turns five in May, and he is all set for t-ball for the first time today. So we're getting ready to go out to the field and have some fun. It's uh, sunny and, I don't know, 65 today in March, so we'll take it. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, please tell a friend. And if you have any questions about my process or uh, finding a qualified realtor in your area who knows how to get it done, just message me. I'm online. You can find me, uh, Dave Johnson with Sierra Sotheby's International Realty. I would love to help and I would love for you to have a great day. I'll see you later. Look for new episodes of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price every Monday and click subscribe so they'll show up for you automatically and get on the right track to saving yourself a load of cash by making the right moves when you're ready to sell. And if you need help finding a quality real estate agent in your area, just contact Dave at www.justplaindave.com.